Welcome to Setting Captives Free podcast. Jesus said, if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. But many people wonder, how can I be free from things I've struggled with all my life? Anger, impurity, anxiety, depression, fear, gluttony, and so on. Well, today, Eric Hurt and Mike Cleveland study a passage of Scripture that will help you enjoy the freedom that Jesus died to give you. Okay, here we are. And I am here today. It's Mike Cleveland speaking to you. And I'm here with a dear friend and brother, a precious brother whose name is Eamon. And Eamon is from Ireland. How's everything in Ireland this morning or this afternoon, Eamon? Yeah, it's four o'clock in the afternoon. It's good. It's very mild out. The weather is okay. It's a little bit cold, but yeah, things are good. I think people can tell you and I are a long ways away. We talk differently, don't we, brother? Yes, yes, we definitely do. The uh, Irish accent and the American accent is very different. (laughs) (laughs) But even though we are so far apart, we are so close together, aren't we? Amen, amen. Especially through the work of the Lord, through the ministry, setting captives free and and what technology has brought over the last few years the marco polo app that were brothers far apart but but together and united amen amen well uh brother you and i are going to look at a passage of scripture today ephesians chapter three and we'll start with verse six and we thought we would go through uh verses maybe 10 or 11 so um, yes. let's, let's just start with, uh, with one verse and we'll, we'll talk about it and, you know, whatever the Lord puts on our heart, uh, we'll, we'll talk about, and we'll just kind of keep working through this passage as we get down to verses 10 or 11. So you want to start us off, uh, Amen, read with, uh, verse six there? Yes. This mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body and shares together in the promise in Christ Jesus. So even just verse 6 itself is loaded with, um, with gospel truth. It is indeed. Um, it yes. says specifically through the gospel, and I think that's a phrase that we could focus on, isn't it, brother? What, is it, what does it mean to you as you think about that phrase that the mystery he's talking about here that through the gospel, what do you? What does that mean to you as you think about it here? Well, it would mean to me um, through the finished work of Christ, as stated in First Corinthians fifteen one to six, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, and through that finished work. So basically, it's going from a law-based um, system into a new covenant, and it's through this new covenant, through the gospel through Jesus Christ paying the price for us, a price that we can never pay. And basically that's what Paul is saying here, that it's not just Israel that are heirs according to the promise, but now the gospel's for everyone. It's wide open. It's for the, the Jews, the Gentiles. It's for anyone who will believe. But predominantly it's the finished work of Christ. That's what I get from that. Yes. Amen. I love how you said that. 
and isn't it amazing, you know, back under the old covenant, the Jews, of course, were God's chosen people, and they knew that there were Gentile dogs, they called them, yes. uh, that were outside of the covenant. They were apart yes. from the, the promise of Christ Jesus. But here, Amen, we see that Jews and Gentiles are heirs together through the gospel, through, as you said, the finished work of Christ. And so as we look at the cross together, brother, what we're seeing is Jesus' arms stretched out, one to the right, one to the left. In other words, one to the Jews, one to the Gentiles, one to the east, one to the west. Uh, as he died on the cross, what he did is he opened up the kingdom of God and all of heaven for us Gentiles and the Jews to become one body, members together of one body. And, uh, and then it says sharers together in the promise in Christ Jesus. What thoughts do you have as you think about that phrase sharers together in the promise in Christ Jesus? Um, and well, well, it's the promise for the, of eternal life. It's the promise of being redeemed from the curse of the law. And in first 18 of chapter 2 of Ephesians, it says, For through him we both have access to the Father by one spirit. So we're shares together in the promise in Christ, the promise of eternal life, the promise of being born again, spirit-filled, and basically, it's access to God. That's uh, the promise that the Jews. That it's not. It's not just a covenant for the Jewish people. That it's a covenant for everyone, Jew and Gentile, and shares together in that promise. That is beautiful. And can you imagine, Amen? Someone listening today, wondering if they're in, uh, wondering if they are, uh, you know, in the family of God, wondering if they, because maybe they've sinned so much, maybe they've. Yeah. They've gone farther than they ever wanted to go. And, and now they are thinking, you know, there's no hope for me. Um, they, yeah. they feel like, hey, I've sinned too much. Um, but as we read this, we see it's through the gospel. And I think we'll return to that phrase a lot, won't we? Uh, of course, absolutely. Because everything comes through the gospel. Because this isn't of ourselves, Mike. Um, it's not that we're so good enough that we can be sharers together. Well, it's only through Christ and the work that he has done. Um, and to those people, like I was one of those myself, those, that type of person that thought, I've tried so hard, I've failed so much, that, that, that I've blown it, I've blown it. But um, we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, can I read it for a second? Yes. It goes on to say, um, do you not know wrongdoers do not inherit the kingdom of God? Um, drunkards, thieves, swindlers, etc., etc. And then it goes on to say, and that is what some of you were. Then it says, but you were washed, sanctified, justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of our God. So uh, that jumps out for me and such were some of you because we were all in that category. Of such were some of us. Um, but through the gospel, as what it's saying there in Ephesians 3 6, through the gospel, we, we are washed, cleansed, and justified in the name of Jesus. We're made new. It's not of ourselves. And it's just really, it's just getting a hold of that. 
the right we might have been all these things in the past but but here here here's jesus saying to us like come unto me through the gospel you can be washed sanctified justified in the name of jesus and and that is the great promise like um yes do, do you have any thoughts on well, I love how you brought in 1 Corinthians 6 because uh, those people were described as people who lived in bondage to sin. They lived in impurity and immorality and idolatry and, and all of those things. And Amen, as you said, when we do that, you know, we, if we're believers in that lifestyle, we begin to think, wow, we cannot be in the family anymore. Uh, surely we are kicked out because our names have been scratched out of the book of life. Um, yes. But as you mentioned here, through the gospel, in other words, Jesus' death in our place, those sins are removed from us and we are cleansed. You, you read in 1 Corinthians 6 there that, but some such as were some of you, you were previously uh, those things, those idolatrous people, those adulterers, and all the description there, you were, but you were washed. Exactly. And, and that's what Jesus did on the cross, right, brother? He washed us. He cleansed he us, us. He purified us. And it's a matter now of believing this truth, as you said, uh, and as we put our faith in this message, that Jesus died for our sin, that he removed it from us, that he purified us from those things. As we put faith in that message, we experience the power of that message, and we come to believe, I'm in the family. I'm an heir. I'm a sharer together in the promise in, in Christ Jesus. Uh, Amen. What, what are your thoughts as we think here about the fact that we are heirs together? In other words, we're in the family. Um, yes. What does that mean? Well, well, it kind of means everything. Like, like I've looked up the word "air," and the word "air" means um, um, it means that we're we're an inheritor or, or a, pers a possessor of rank, um, and it's such an awesome privilege because it's not of ourselves. The true Christ, that we're made heirs, and in Ephesians two, sorry, the kids are a bit noisy there, but in but in in Ephesians two, verse. Verse 19, it says, consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of his household. Hallelujah. And this is true, the gospel, that we're citizens of heaven. That we're citizens of heaven, that we've been transferred from one kingdom to another. In Colossians 1.13, it says we've been transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Amen. So that's what it means for me, and it's true. The gospel. It's true. Believing that Jesus died for my sins, He was raised for my justification, and true believing in that, and keeping my eyes on Him, that power of sin. Of and I'm talking about habitual sin here, because we all do fall short in many ways. I'm talking about habitual sin, that habitual, that sin nature that causes us to habitually sin night after night, day after day. That is broken. That is broken. And it was broken when Jesus' body was broken. Exactly. Uh, exactly. He broke the power of sin when his body was broken for us. And, you know, as we're talking Sorry. about being an heir, I yeah. think about the, the, the words through the gospel. There we go again. 
But um, the fact that, you know, Jesus, in essence, was written out of the will. Uh, he was treated as if he were not an heir. So that you, Amen, so that I, so that everyone who believes could become an heir. So that Jesus was, in essence, kicked out of the family. Um, if you look at him on the cross, you're seeing someone who was basically disowned by the Father. God the Father had turned his back on his own son. He had sent him away. He had written him out of the will. Uh, and of course, this is not true, but it's a way for us to understand that we are in the will. We, are, we receive an inheritance because Jesus was, in a sense, kicked out and treated as if he weren't even a son. Um, amen. Look at the cross and and you're seeing someone who's treated, who's being treated as if he were a criminal, as if he were a sinner, even though he was holy, treated as if he were not part of God's family. What does that do to your heart as you think about that just now? Mike, it just makes me rejoice because I know what I've been forgiven of. I know what I've been forgiven of, and I know that I can never have done it myself. And this year I've just seen jesus christ take me sin take mm. me sin on the cross it just fills me with so much gratitude because on the cross and for the only time in jesus life on the cross the father had to leave him when he was made sin and that's when jesus bowed his head and said he was finished but for that moment of time and apparently the skies went black on that day that the sin of the world was on him the sin of the world came and was on christ and in that moment Jesus cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And it was at that moment that the father had to leave him. And as you say, that he lost his airship, even though he didn't. Before that moment, he became cursed for us. Cursed for us. So it fills me with such gratitude. Like the more I think of it, I can never get enough of it. I can never get enough of this gospel message. Because more is being revealed day after day, week after week, of just what Jesus did for us on the cross. Amen. And made you an heir, brother, gave you an inheritance at such a cost. I mean, think about the price he paid. He paid with his life. He paid with his blood. Someone's listening to us today, uh, amen, and, and they might have a struggle believing that they have an inheritance because, hey, maybe I squandered it like the prodigal son. I, I went out and through my wild living, I squandered my inheritance. No, Jesus paid with his own life's blood so that you could have this inheritance. As you said, he hung in the darkness. The, the day turned black that day so that the sun could shine on you. The day was cursed so that you could be blessed. Jesus had, in a sense, forfeited or paid for uh, the fact that you squandered it all. And so through his blood, through the gospel, you get a full inheritance. Uh, amen. And, and, and so you're not written out of the will. Your name amen. is written in the book of life. <laughs> is yes, that not is. awesome? <laughs> oh, it's awesome. It's awesome. And it's just saying that, like, and understanding that Father God is no longer angry with us. Because he placed all his anger on Christ. In Romans 8.3 it says that sin was condemned in the flesh. At that moment in time when Jesus hung the cross, sin 
not just your sin or my sin, but everyone's sin. So in essence, the sin battle is over because if God isn't angry with us, why should we reject ourselves? Why should we be angry with ourselves? That no matter how many times we might have fallen in the past, his grace is greater than our sin. Amen. That's, what it, that's really what it means to me, is seeing that Jesus Christ paid the price once and for all. Yes. And, and if there's brothers out there listening and they're condemned in their mind, I would just encourage them to meditate on these scriptures that show what Jesus has, Jesus did for us on the cross and receive them in, into your heart and they will refresh you. They will minister to you. They will, Jesus will set you free from habitual sin. Amen. 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 And you, you just ministered to us right there with the gospel, the power of the gospel, the love. Think of the love of Jesus to yes. hang disowned by the father. Think of the love that he, he, oh, I always have to keep this in mind, Eamon. He did this because not only was he obeying the father and bringing glory to his, his father, but he loved us unto death. And, and he loved us enough to purchase at such a cost uh, our inheritance that we have, that we're now members together of one body. And I think about, as I think about that statement, Ephesians chapter 2 Verse 15 says, by setting aside in his flesh, in his flesh, so again, we're talking about the cross, setting aside the law with its commandments and regulations. Well, why did he do that? It says his purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of two, thus making peace, and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross. Again, amen, through the gospel through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility. So here are two enemies, Jews and Gentiles. They, they are eternal enemies. And what Jesus did when he went to the cross, brother, is he hung the dividing wall there on the cross. He hung the law which stood opposed to us and against us. The dividing wall was hung on the cross. And now we are members of one body. And we are shares together in the promise in Christ Jesus. Uh, we got to move on. I could, you yes. and I, I think, Eamon, could sit here for, for a long time, couldn't we? Yes, we could too. Uh, we could too. <laughs> but verse 7, Paul speaking, says, I became a servant. By the way, think about that. Uh, brothers, that's all we are. Eamon, we're just servants. That's all we that's are. All we, we will never, ever become anything more right now in this life than a servant. And a servant of what? A servant of this gospel. I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's gift grace, grace given me through the working of his power. Oh, brother, what does that say to you? Yes, the working of his power. It's found with the resurrection that we were given yes. grace. Grace that so we were, we're servants of the gospel. And it's only true grace. It's only through Christ being raised from the dead, the working of his power, through the resurrection power of God, this grace that we've been given to, to serve him, to, to minister the gospel, to, to our neighbors, to our family, to, to whoever, to, to anyone that, that will listen. 
<laughs> to anybody. And that's what we're speaking to now. Uh, people who are listening and they're, they're listening to this and they're becoming, I hope, to see that everything is about this gospel. Um, Amen. as you look at verse 7, uh, was Paul a servant of the law? Uh, was Paul a servant of, for instance, eschatology, end-time events? Was, was Paul a servant of a particular denomination? Um, what, do you, what do you think about this? What was Paul's emphasis here? He, it was very simple. Paul's emphasis was that he was just a, sharer, a servant of uh, the gospel. Right. Of 1 Corinthians 15, 1-6, of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because yeah. Paul knew that he had been forgiven much. Paul knew in his heart. I, well, well, I know when somewhere else he says he's wrong, no, no man. And in scripture, it records that he persecuted the church of God before he had his conversion. So Paul knew his previous life. And he knew that he'd been given great grace to bring the gospel to the Gentiles. Um so it was very simple. Paul was just focused on the gospel, the gospel that Jesus Christ came, died on the cross for your sins. He died to set you free from the power of sin and to give you eternal life in him, to make you an heir, an heir of God. And that's, that's his message throughout, throughout the scriptures that we're in the family of God. That is the message. That is it. And, and bro brother, we will uh, see this gospel going throughout all the world uh, if we focus on it, if it becomes our main message like it was Paul, if we resolve to know nothing but Jesus Christ and him crucified, then we will experience the gospel going throughout all the world. And by the way, not to take too much time away from what we're studying here, but you had the privilege of ministering to a man by the name of Reddick, who is now taking the the gospel in and translating the courses of setting captives free into another language. And I don't remember which language it is. Do you remember brother? It's um, Czechoslovakian. Okay. Czechoslovakian. Okay. And, and, and so, you know, just share briefly about that as far as the spread of the gospel, how, how did this happen and, and what are the, the results that you're seeing? Um, basically Radic signed up for pure, purity boot camp about three months ago and he went through it and very strong he 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 got transformed through the renewing of his mind he he heard the gospel he received the gospel he'd done the follow-up course and then he told me that he's going to translate the um the um boot camp and purity follow-up in his own language and that he's spoken to leaders in the church and that and I said, gosh, that's great. But I never really thought of it until the other day. I never really thought about its significance. And it's really like, like it's after blowing my mind that this man, God is now going to use this man to reach other people in his country. And you see, we don't know how far that this is going. Like, but but, but what, what I do know is, that, is uh, that, that it's a work of God. It's a work of Christ. And, yes. And, and to stay humble in this because we can... I can, we can think all things, but it's to stay humble and say, well, that God actually used me there. Um, so, <laughs> so I'm humbled. I really am humbled. Yes. Uh, and, and really that's... Because what... I never would have thought it. Sorry. Go ahead. 
Yeah, no, I never would have thought it. Like, you'd never think that when a student signs up, you, you never really, well, I didn't. I never <laughs> thought the impact that it, that it could make. You know, I, I that believe proof. that you and I speaking right now, the power of the cross, we don't know the impact right now. Uh, we don't know who's going to hear this and become the next Billy Graham. Uh, we, don't, we don't know the extent to which this message is going to permeate somebody's heart and they're going to experience the power of the Spirit and they're going exactly. to begin to put this gospel out. Um, and so we keep doing this, brother, and it's not you and I, it's the message itself that we have confidence in. In fact, how does Paul, in verse 8, if you want to read that, brother, how does he remove himself, in essence, from this equation? He says, although I am less than the least of all the Lord's people, this grace was given me to preach the Gentiles the boundless riches Christ. So in this verse, Paul, well, like, as I was saying earlier, he was looking, he was reflecting on his past life. I don't think he was feeling regret now, but he, Paul was a man that understood the grace of God in his life. And he knew it was given to him to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ, that Jesus basically died for their sins, that they can be engrafted into the family of God and be made heirs of God. Like, like it's the greatest message we're ever told is the story of Christ and the message of Christ. And Paul knew this, like he, he, Paul walked in, I believe that Paul walked in great grace, like he must have been, he was just an awesome man, man of God. He reached the nations in his time. And he really relied on the grace of God. He never once spoke of confidence in his own flesh. Yes. So, yeah. Exactly right. I love the words, I am less than. Yes. Um, and that is our attitude. It needs to be not just our words, but our attitude. I'm less than. I'm nothing. Why? Because it's not about us. It's not about our gifting. It's not about anything to do with us. It's all about the fact that it was finished. As you said at the very beginning, Amen. Amen. The message of the finished work of Jesus Christ is where all the power is. And so we're nothing, we're less than, and yet we've been given grace, the grace to preach to the Gentiles, the boundless riches of Christ, the boundless, they don't know any limits. There's, there's no limits to the riches of Christ. Amen. We're talking here about our inheritance. And what he's in essence saying is, we have the boundless riches of Christ. We don't even know what that is, do we? But, uh, but we receive them through grace at a great purchase price of the gospel. And so again, how would you connect this phrase, boundless riches of Christ, with the gospel? Um, the boundless riches of Christ is that he has forgiven our sins. He's filled us with his spirit. He's given us new life in him. But he, we also have an inheritance in heaven. And it says that in First Peter. Um, I'll just read it there quickly. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, 
who through faith are shielded by God's power. And Amen. That's what it's saying to me, that I can be set free from habitual sin, made a new creation in Christ, but also that my home is in heaven. And it's just receiving that because there's lots, there's lots that I don't know of yet. Like more has been revealed. Like you said, that the boundless riches of Christ. Like it says elsewhere in scripture that no eye has seen, no ear has heard what God has in store for those who love them. And brother, I just believe that we, that us Christians, people, people who've received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior and who are living for him, that we have such an inheritance in, in heaven that our minds can't even fathom it. Amen. And, but the great, I believe the greatest, well, the greatest gift for, for me on earth is to be able to walk in fellowship with Christ mm. and to know that I'm accepted and mm. to know that, that the power of habitual sin is broken. And yes. that's what it comes down to for me. Um, because no, nothing else works. Nothing else works. <laughs> nothing else can set, um, set anyone free. It's only through the gospel that we can yes. actually be set free. Because I tried everything. <laughs> yes, um, I tried everything too. And, and you know, the, the methods of the world and the wisdom of the world are are just lead to bondage. Um, yes. and, and yet what we're reading about here is our inheritance because we through sin think we forfeited it, but no, through the gospel, we receive it. And what are we receiving? These limitless, boundless riches of Christ. Um, Amen. Think about what Jesus had to go through in order to give you these riches. I think about, for example, 2 Corinthians 8, verse 9, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. What does this mean? Well, think about on the cross, he was penniless and he was poor. He was stripped of his, of his garments. His blood poured out of him. He had literally nothing left nothing he became completely impoverished why so that you amen so that our listeners could receive of his riches so that through his poverty you might become rich and and think about the fact now that you have all the riches of christ himself i believe it says that in romans 8 we are co-heirs with Christ. So he has, as he rose from the dead, he was given all things, a name above every name, seated at the right hand of the Father. Well, that's you, amen. That's you and I, brother. And so we might become rich. We're not talking a, a per se about, you know, some gospel of wealth. You know, it's far more than that. It is that, but it's far more. It's rich in love, rich in grace. Uh, rich in all the fruits of the Spirit. Um, brother, what does that do to you as you think about how Jesus impoverished himself so that you might become rich? Like I said earlier, it just fills me with such gratitude and it fills me with joy. Um, yeah. Because I struggled for years and years and years. And even as a Christian, I didn't understand grace. 
I didn't understand the finished work of Christ. So when I seen over the last couple of months, I seen that my sin was nailed to the cross and what Jesus went through for me. It caused my heart to actually begin to love, to love the Lord. And it says that in 1 John 4, 19, that we love him because he loved us first. When I understood Jesus' love for me, there was a response there. There was a response, and the response was that I started to love him back, and I started to detest my old life. So it fills me full of joy that Jesus done this for us 2,000 years ago. 2,000 yeah. years ago. And can, can I read something that I was shown the, the, the other night? Um, it's, it's in Isaiah 53, and it's verse 11. And I believe it's talking about the cross, but I've seen the cross in this. It says, after he has suffered, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. And in my Bible, there's a little D there. And down here it says, he would see the fruit of his suffering and will be satisfied. So on the cross, Jesus seen us. He what he's seen as first fruits. We we are his first fruits. He's well, he's seen us. So Jesus went to the cross by faith. By faith, in love. He, as you say, he he loved us unto death. He loved mm. us on on unto death. He what what he's seen us. He's seen us. And it just blew my mind when I got that scripture there on Friday night. It just blew my mind. That's Isaiah 53, verse 11. That I seen the mind of Christ there, that in all this suffering, he could see us, Mike. That, yes. And it's beautiful. It's, it's just, it, it's a undescribable for words i can't put words <laughs> it's a it's an amazing thing that he saw you and he went to the cross because his eyes his heart his longing was for you and somebody needed to hear that today amen <laughs> somebody in fact if yes. you would we've got to close here but just um, what final thoughts do you have for someone who might be thinking wow i've blown it i've blown the inheritance I am impoverishing myself in sin. The devil came to kill, steal, and destroy from me. And here you're talking about the inheritance of Christ, the riches of Christ. Uh, Amen. Just share from your heart to them. And then if you would, just close us in prayer. Speak to the heart of people. Okay. Well, I would invite you, if you are struggling with sin and struggling with habitual sin, I would invite you to look to the cross to live, to see. On the cross in Colossians 2 13 to 15, that Jesus Christ was nailed to the cross, that our sin was nailed to the cross. So I would invite you to look hard and long and to see, to see that your sin was nailed to the cross, that you are forgiven, that you can walk forgiven, that the, this bondage doesn't have to have a hold over you. And in Numbers chapter 21, verse 5, to nine it gives a story about the israelites going through the desert and they were grumbling against god and against moses and snakes were sent to bite them feminist fiery snakes and they came to moses and they asked god to rid them of the snakes and god told moses to make a brown serpent and put it up in a pole 
and that anyone that would look at the brand serpent that they be healed. And in the Gospel of John, chapter 3, 14, Jesus said, just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that whoever believes it have eternal life in him. So I would invite you to keep your eyes on the cross, keep your eyes on Jesus. And as you do, doesn't matter how long you've been struggling or how much repeated sin you have in your life, as you look to him and keep your eyes on him, seeing that your sin has been nailed to the cross, that there will come a time that your mind will be so focused on him that you will forget, not that you will forget about the sin, like it won't bother you the way it used to, your, your heart's desire will change. So I just like to pray for these brothers out there, Father God, Lord, and I pray, Lord, for anyone struggling, for anyone who's started these courses and have given up or who've got despondent, and I was one of those that they just continued looking to live, to to meditate on the cross, to see that Jesus joyfully went to the cross for me because he loved me. And that's what I'd say, that Jesus loves you. Father God loves you so much that he sent Jesus to become your sin so that you could be made righteous in him. That's it. Amen. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Amen. (laughs) This has been a podcast of Setting Captives Free. For more information or to enroll in free interactive courses on finding freedom, please go to settingcaptivesfree.com. Tune in next time for more truth that sets captives free.